Welcome to episode 67 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I am here in Cushendall, Northern Ireland, for a special edition of Between the Times. Unfortunately, Gabriel and Ross uh, can't be with us today, but I am sitting here with two friends, uh, Reverend Andrew Gretzinger and Mr. Gordon Lyons, uh, who are uh, staunchly committed to the spread of the gospel here in Cushendall, Northern Ireland. It's good to be with you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we want to spend a little time getting to know uh, the both of you a little bit and our congregation, of course, would be seeing some of the Facebook posts that we've been making and pictures that have been sent back uh, because we are here with a summer missions team from Christ Church. Uh, there are uh, eight of us here, and uh, we've been serving in all kinds of ways, which we want to share uh, with our listeners in a few minutes. But uh, first of all, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, it's uh, great to be with you again. We got to visit a little bit in October. I popped over here from Edinburgh last year to get to know you and this work, and and uh, you and your family made such a good impression on us that we thought, we're going to bring a team here and, uh, and do some gospel partnership with you. Uh, so t- tell us a little bit about you, Andrew, your, your, your family, and, and what led you to come over here and to be a full-time missionary as an American here in Northern Ireland. Yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, we are delighted to have uh, Christ Church Presbyterian here with us, and you guys are doing some great work, and we thank you for that. Uh, I uh, grew up in Indiana, and uh, my wife did as well. Uh, after seminary and about 10 years of uh, working in the PCA, uh, we uh, came over uh, on a, a short-term missions trip, and uh, the short answer is we felt, felt called uh, to, to come. Uh, we have uh, five young children, and uh, I think the the funny thing was we thought they were going to be the ones that were going to struggle to adjust to a new <laughs> country uh, and it was really mom and dumb and call time and, and they did great um, and your children are all very shy I've noticed they keep to themselves <laughs> yeah and, uh, anything quiet. but <laughs> uh, but uh, deeper uh, was uh, born uh, down in Belfast mm-hmm. and uh I felt like we, we knew Northern Ireland fairly well uh, just from growing up with a Northern Irish mother. Uh, and Did she retain the accent growing up at all? Uh, no. Uh, unless she's talking to somebody from over here, it doesn't really come <laughs> out. But when she does, it, it certainly you can tell. Uh, and uh, I, I think that was part of it, too. Is just we, we saw an opportunity to help out a, a country that we grew up. Uh, highly respecting and, and loving, and so uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Gordon, you uh, would have met Andrew not long before he moved here, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. I know you've shared with me a, a little bit. It's been great to get to know you, uh, a member of the Northern Irish Assembly, an elected representative of, of your people, and uh, gaining the confidence of your people, but but more importantly than that, uh, a citizen of heaven and someone who wants to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, you've been interviewed by the BBC a number of times. And uh, I know that this is much more prestigious of an interview than that ever was. But i uh, love to hear more uh, from you about just the encouragement you've received from the Gretzingers and what you hope to see happen here in this part of the world. 
Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, John. It's great to uh, have you guys here. And uh, yeah, have been interviewed by the BBC before. I know this interview isn't finished yet, but hopefully it'll be a little bit um, easier than what the, the BBC uh, gave to me. Uh, I grew up about 45 minutes north of Cushendall, uh, but came to this um, area for work about seven or eight years ago. And shortly after, joined the congregation of Carnlock, Cushendall uh, uh, Presbyterian uh, Church. I'm an elder uh, in the church, and here in um, Carnlock we have um, members uh, of the church, but in Cushendall itself there are no local people that attend uh, this congregation, so it was always for us um, a real uh, desire for us to see outreach, to see things take place here mm. um, in Cushendall, and really uh, I think certainly what I I hope that we would see what what the vision is, is that we have a congregation uh, in Cushendall made up of local people uh, worshipping and serving and and reaching out in the local uh, community. So that's that's where we came from uh, as a congregation. That's what we want to see happen. And uh, back in um, November 2015, we got an email from the uh, Reformed Presbyterian uh, Church of North America's mission organisation saying that there was a guy called Andrew Gretzinger and his wife who wanted to um, bring a mission team here the following year. Mm. Um, they came uh, uh, to visit us for a brief time in February and then came again in, in, in July. And it was then really that we seriously started to consider the possibility of bringing him and his family over here uh, to work alongside us and to help us as we seek to bring the good news of, of the gospel to uh, people here. And uh, I think it's fair to say between July and Christmas time when they moved over, we were uh, FaceTiming, I'm sure, at, uh, almost every day as we tried to work this out mm-hmm. and um, see how we could get them over here. And it's it's been a fantastic blessing mm-hmm. uh, to us to have uh, them here. And... Um, as much as we appreciate Andrew and Jenny, I think the kids have been a massive uh, blessing and a massive mm. part of their work in ministry. They mm. have enrolled in the local um, uh, Catholic primary school and um, whenever we're having outreach events, it's those kids um, and friends of their kids. And some um, of those children have been along. coming to uh, the Holiday Bible Club this week. Yeah, absolutely. We've had them at the Holiday Bible Club. We've had them at uh, movie nights and we've been doing Easter egg hunts and um, I really think that the children have been a key part uh, of that ministry here. Yeah. yeah, just to make it clear to our listeners, um, uh, Andrew and Gordon are not running a uh, an Easter egg hunt movie night uh, uh, ministry here in Northern <laughs> Ireland. They are bringing the gospel, uh, but there are these simple ways to uh, reach out to neighbors and friends in the community who otherwise uh, would be uh, reticent uh, to simply walk into a Protestant uh, evangelical Bible study. Uh, And so these are ways to invite people along and then to get into conversations and to invite them to church and have opportunities to share the gospel with them. Yeah, and I think we've we've seen the the fruit of that already. In fact, the the last mission team um, that was here uh, last year, um, we we had a a local woman who'd come along to our our, our evening service. Her name is Moira, and we bumped into her again uh, this week. And... uh, many times over the last year and uh, even their last last Sunday evening two local people um, two local boys maybe 14, 15 years old came along mm. to the uh, service uh, and sat uh, s- sat under the under the under the teaching and um, it's great to see that happening and yeah. those events have allowed us to get to know people and as a result people are coming to church mm. Andrew a lot of people a lot of 
young ministers think about missions, that that's sort of on their radar. They're praying and wondering if God would call them. It's it's interesting that the Lord called uh, you to a place where you already had a natural affinity, already had uh, uh, Northern Irish blood in your family, and, uh, and the Lord led you here, and you have a real heart for the area. Uh, for, for me and for Marla, before we went to Charleston to plant a church, we had a natural affinity with the area. Uh, Marla had been in school there for eight years. Two of her brothers were at the Citadel. I played pro soccer there. We met there. This was a place that was held dear in our hearts, and we went back there. It doesn't always have to be. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a natural affinity with those who would go off to a, a, a foreign land or to a, even a domestic city to, to plant churches. But how, how do you think that um, plays into uh, the calling? Uh, as we, as some may be listening to this, thinking about where it is the Lord leading them. Uh, yeah. So um, you know, we've kind of always. Uh, operated when we're I'm not saying it's the best way but when we're sensing seeking God's uh, calling God's direction uh, to kind of try and leave all the doors open mm-hmm. and then to allow God to sort of close those doors um, it's probably because I'm, I'm so hard headed that's the, the, the easiest way for me to to, 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 to get my attention mm-hmm. uh, so we, we had always kind of uh, been open uh, to missions, but um, uh, you know, probably just just apprehensive, scared. I mean, it's it's a, a pretty drastic change of, of pace, change of life, uh, and um, so uh, I think that was one thing that that sort of initially caught our attention was just okay. Uh, you know, I had grown up hearing about this place all my life. Mm. Uh, had always wanted to to get over here to visit, but just never had. Um, and you know, there's there's other things as well. Uh, the, you know, it's an English speaking country. Sure, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we will have uh, subtitles for those who <laughs> cannot understand Gordon during this interview. So, <laughs> um, uh, so it, it's you know you can communicate. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but, the, but there's challenges as well, uh, as you know. You well know it's it's oftentimes um, it is hopefully not true for for everybody, but for myself certainly. Um, sometimes strangers, outsiders, are easier to get along with than your own family. Sure. And um, you know, Northern Ireland being close, and you know, it's it's oftentimes the the, the things that you know the most about people that that can oftentimes sort of drive you crazy um, <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll need to edit that out but um, yeah so uh, yeah there's there's a, a downside to it as well I think uh, just you know that, that, that you can be so close or, or uh, know so much that, that it, it can can maybe set you back a little bit so but one thing you know it's true isn't it that in God's providence he will often use the things that we have a natural inclination towards and a love for to lead us to those places. So it doesn't have to be that you have to go to a place and have kind of this martyr's complex, that you have to go somewhere that is unfamiliar to you, that is not known in order to do, for you to do a real spiritual work. Sometimes God in his providence, he prepares you 
in even your family context, your mother yeah, being especially, one, yeah. yeah, especially uh, for certain kinds of works. And I think that all plays into calling in some mysterious way. Mm-hmm. Now, when we, um, when we were preparing to come here for this short-term summer missions trip, we, we talked about uh, the fact that a lot of people think missions, short-term missions are a bit of a waste of money. Uh, do we really want to spend this kind of money to come over and to do the kind of things, for instance, that uh, we're doing this week? Is it really worthwhile? My, my answer is, yes, it's worthwhile if it's done right. Mm-hmm. If it's done right, it is, it is exceedingly worthwhile. And uh, what I shared with the team was that we're not coming over here to transform Northern Ireland uh, in five days. You know, uh, We're not coming here with this... Uh, hyperbolic missionary endeavor. Uh, we're, we, are, we are coming to do three things. Uh, we're coming to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost and the unchurched. Uh, we are coming to encourage uh, the Gretzingers and our brothers and sisters in Christ who are here laboring and serving in a difficult context because what is it, less than 1% are evangelical Christians in, in Northern Ireland? Something like that. Uh, so certainly in the Republic of Ireland, yes, in the Republic would be in that Northern Ireland, more uh, quite quite a large number because of Ulster, sure. And, sure. Yes, um, but in this in this little corner of Northern Ireland, yeah, it would be, it would be very very low. Yes, so so to be an encouragement to to believers who often feel isolated in areas like this, and then the third thing that we would be encouraged and that we would mature, and we have several young people on our missions team that are just beginning their serious walk with God, growing up in covenant homes, and. And, you know, we're praying for them and for all of us that we would go away challenged and encouraged from our time here. So, uh, Gord, I'll ask you first, have, have you seen these three things um, happening uh, this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, through the um, Holy Bible Club or Vacation Bible School, mm-hmm. as I'm sure her listeners would um, be more familiar with, um, we have had um, probably 10 or 12 different children in um, from unchurched uh, homes, and that's been great. Um, mm-hmm. um, the team has been fantastic and very faithful um, in teaching them um, truths about, about God and about the about the Lord Jesus, so um, absolutely that has happened. Uh, I can say that um, we are very encouraged. I've been very blessed by 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 what you've been able to do here. Um, really appreciate the work that you've done in the little church that we have here. I'm doing a lot of repairs and fixing up, which has been of, of huge benefit. And tell our listeners about that. They would have seen some pictures. Like tell tell our listeners about that old church building that we're working on. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, the church was built in 1900. And uh, there really hasn't been an awful lot of work done to it uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no toilets, there's no running water. The heating system is from the 1960s. And there's really been no major repairs done um, at all in the last uh, number of years. And uh, within a couple of days, the team have come, out, uh, come in and really just given it a, a new um, uh, freshness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, done a fantastic job repairing uh, the steps up into the church, done it. First class job, really, um, staining the floors inside and um, um, helping with the with the pews and the general look of the place, which has been absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and the smell of the place, too. yeah, the smell, <laughs> absolutely. And do, doing some work outside. And, and the other great thing is people are walking by, and they're seeing that. And uh, 
when we can, we'll we'll stop and uh, try and encourage a bit of conversation. That's happened in mm-hmm. the past, and oftentimes people will come in and have a look around as well, and uh, and that that's fantastic. So that that physical work has been been great, uh, great encouragement uh, to us as well, and um, just to know that there are there are churches out there that care, um, that are interested in the work that we are doing here and what we're what we're trying to um, to, to do uh, for 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 the Lord. So. Um, yeah, we we're we're very very deeply uh, encouraged by by what is going on. Though I'll leave it for you to answer. The team have been been, been blessed on, on on that third one. Well, we we have been so encouraged, and uh, what a blessing to see our team serving the way they have, and um, of course uh, personally to see uh, my my twelve year old son Hans uh, laboring alongside other church members. Uh, digging up weeds and uh, and moving pews in the church and uh, cleaning things and um, and just being generally uh, an encouragement to uh, some some young Irish buddies that he's made uh, through the various activities we've done with the youth uh, and, the, and the evening youth uh, activities and so yeah just been so encouraged to see our team uh, laboring and I know that they have been uh, deeply encouraged by uh, you and by the ministry of the word uh, and uh, by the fellowship that we've enjoyed uh, together um, yeah it's, it's been a fantastic week so I you know, those who come against uh, summer missions as if it's just a complete waste I would say you know uh, I know many 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 Americans who are spending gobs and gobs of money on expensive vacations and uh, and you know, uh, spending sometimes five, six thousand dollars on a week of vacation, and uh, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But uh, why would one want to say that it is uh, a a waste to uh, spend money to come over and to labor uh, on behalf of the kingdom for the encouragement of of uh, the preaching of the gospel in a place like Northern Ireland? Uh, so that's that's really my my heart on on that matter. Um, in terms of evangelism, we were talking the other day about how fruitless it can be to simply walk up to someone in this town made up, made up mostly of Roman Catholics, nominal Catholics, and to begin sort of you know exhorting them uh, to to repent and believe. How uh, these kinds of things have have, have turned up. Fruitless in the past, and we talked about friendship evangelism. A lot of times, I like to contrast belch evangelism and contrast evangelism. Belch evangelism or burp evangelism is when we say something and we feel better, but they are annoyed and it hasn't helped them at all. <laughs> like like a like a belch. <laughs> friendship evangelism actually takes some work. Mm-hmm. To have people in your home, you've mentioned how the Gretzingers have really made this a priority to have people in their home and and to show that kind of hospitality and to get to know people and to be willing over the course of months to bring people into your life, to let them know your family and and then to begin sharing uh, very clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't always have to happen that way, but it seems to me that that's been a bit of the approach here. Um, Andrew, would you like to share about about that approach? Yeah, um, you're right. There are uh, any number of different approaches to evangelism, but um, uh, in this particular contrast, in a, a, a country that has been 
uh, really uh, divided for for a very very long time uh, along uh, uh, sectarian lines. Uh, it's it's not easy, and uh, I think uh, there's wisdom actually in, in what we have done in uh, coming over here uh, as outsiders to it. Uh, you know, it's it's always. In, in people's minds here that, 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 that correct me if I'm wrong but there's always this question of are they Catholic or are they Protestant which which are they yeah. uh, friend or foe and um, uh, it, it's been you know we've, we've gotten mileage out of certainly well we're neither we're American um, <laughs> you know uh, uh, we don't have a dog in this fight, in other words. Like, I didn't grow up with the politics of Northern Ireland. My parents, uh, my mom at least, had certainly her own views. I've, I've come to question a lot of those now, actually. But um, uh, and it, it, it takes, you know, I think something a little different to, and then to, to use that, not to, to continue to, to breed division or to... You know, say, hey, we're going to make an American church over here, uh, but use that as opportunity then to say to people, you know, look, we're, we're all equal in one sense, and that is we are all sinners in need uh, of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about the gospel is that it just completely levels the playing field. Mm. There are no, uh, you know, if I, if I could say it like the, there are no Protestants or, or Catholics or other divisions at the foot of the cross were mm. all sinful uh, headed for hell but for the grace of God Amen. and so um, it, we, we I guess can get a foot in the door a little bit easier than somebody with an Irish accent uh, uh, could uh, and I'm not saying that that door doesn't get slammed in our face sometimes, a lot of times, but hmm. it's it's a, a slightly easier starting point to then become friends and then have them in your home and then, you know, start conversations that, that are leading towards, uh, you know, the gospel and sharing the gospel with them. Yeah. So so it's, it's been a, a helpful thing for us. Some of our listeners may not be all too familiar with the troubles uh, that took place during the 70s and 80s, primarily, and the deep divisions in this country. Uh, Gord, here's where the hard part of the interview is going to come yeah. in. Uh, okay. could, could you tell our listeners in, in about two minutes uh, a summary of the, the troubles? They may not have any idea what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, well... Northern Ireland uh, is part of the United Kingdom. England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland make up the uh, UK. Um, but here in uh, Northern Ireland there would be a significant uh, number of people um, that would, a uh, significant minority, um, that would prefer to be in a united, independent Ireland um, along with, with the Republic. Um, they would be called nationalists and they would be primarily uh, from a Catholic background. On the other side, then, you would have um, uh, unionists who want to maintain the union uh, between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK and Great Britain. Uh, so that really um, 
a lot of people would say, you know, because those unionists would be mostly Protestants and because the nationals would be mostly Catholics, that in some way this was a, the, the Troubles was a religious conflict, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a political one. Uh, it was over a constitutional uh, issue that people got into into those camps, and so there, you know, people would still be largely divided on those lines here in Northern Ireland uh, again uh, today, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that, that makes things difficult um, mm. in, in many ways as we seek to tell other people uh, about Jesus. And um, so, so to talk about the troubles, um, these divisions existed. Northern Ireland um, became separate from the rest of Ireland. When the rest of Ireland gained independence in 1921, Northern Ireland stayed as part of the of the UK. And uh, for 50 years that continued. But in the late 60s, uh, early 70s, that was the period um, where violence started to, to break out um, as uh, the different factions went really to war with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was uh, loyalist paramilitary groups, republican um, paramilitary groups, and then you had the, the police and the British army and all of these folk mm-hmm. all in uh, fighting and there was a daily diet of, of bombs and um, bloodshed and it really was a horrific time, uh, in particular mm-hmm. the early 70s, but it continued right up until until 1998. And um, some people call it a war, um, uh, others would say it was a terrorist um, campaign that the authorities then mm. were were fighting against, but Northern Ireland is, is deeply divided uh, along and, these lines. The statistics are what well, it's, it's, you say it's a significant minority uh, being nationalist, but it's, you're talking 48% yeah. uh, Protestant and about 45.5% nationalist, so it's, wow. it, it is significant. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the Catholic population is on the rise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the Protestant Unionist is on the decline, mm-hmm. so it, it's it, it's much bigger than, than just yeah. you know that. So it's it's these troubles have touched just about every family in in the Republic and in Northern Ireland. And you shared with me a very moving story about your own mother being a nurse mm-hmm. and having to care for the wounded mm-hmm. um, after the ceasefire. Yeah. Uh, I, I think most people um, in, in Northern Ireland um, will have known someone uh, who uh, who was killed or, or injured during the, the, the Troubles. Mm. Uh, I have a number of friends whose fathers were police officers and grew up not knowing uh, their, their fathers. And as, as I was saying to you earlier, my, my mother was a nurse uh, in the 1970s, one of the, the bleakest periods in, in Northern Ireland's uh, history and um, it was just absolutely horrific what was happening on a day mm. and daily daily basis and as a young nurse she was getting people coming in uh, to um, into the hospital in which she worked and uh, it was just absolutely horrific so so that is where we have we have come from and now we're we're in a much better place in Northern Ireland that that daily diet of of, of, of mayhem uh, has gone we're in a largely uh, more settled uh, society and, and now things are a lot more nuanced as well sure um, you will get um, uh, some people um, in the Protestant from Protestant background uh, no longer perhaps on, with the same political affiliations and um, sign- again a, a significant minority of those within the um, uh, Catholic tradition who would have a different political views, those those things are changing. And what we've actually found here in Cushendall is people come along to services or to outreach events that were taking place and they'll openly say, well you know I, I don't really care about, about religion necessarily or one side or the other 
they just want to bring their kids along or they're just coming to hear what we're doing. So uh, we, we very much um, want to say to people, look, if you're coming to a Protestant church, if you're coming to, to, to us as, as Presbyterians, that doesn't mean you become a unionist. That doesn't mean you take on our political beliefs. We want to tell you about Jesus and what he has done. Yes. Uh, we're not trying to create a cultural Protestant um, grouping here. Uh, we want um, a congregation of people who, who love and know Jesus. Amen. And isn't that uh, what is so wonderful about confessional Reformed Presbyterianism, is that our confidence in, with these kinds of obstacles before us, our confidence is not in our ability uh, to patch up relationships or to give a strong political um, you know, outlook for the future uh, or to have some you know, counseling ministry to bring people together. We preach the cross and we believe in the power of the proclamation of Christ and Him crucified uh, to save sinners and to, to bring people together. You think of the, the deep divisions between Jews and Gentiles in the New Testament. Uh, certainly, that, we see a picture of that here in Northern Ireland between uh, the Prods and the, and the Catholics. And we know that uh, it is possible uh, uh, through the blood of Christ to break down those dividing walls and to bring his people together and uh, that's an encouragement. Now, it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be uh, a long plod, a uh, hard plod, uh, through a lot of uh, apparent obstacles. But no- nothing is impossible with God. And that, that's, that's an encouragement, isn't it, as we go forward? As, as you think about that, what is your, your view? I'll ask you, Andrew, first, and perhaps then you, Gordon. What is your, your, your big picture? What would you love to see happen in Northern Ireland uh, in terms of the Great Commission and perhaps uh, uh, seeing the, the ministry expanded? Yeah, um, so uh, I think Gordon would, would certainly agree that um, church planting is not really something that is done uh, in Northern Ireland, at least not, not readily. I'm not sure how much it is in America either. I'm sitting here with uh, a U.S. church planter. So um, would certainly like to see more uh, churches planted. Uh, there is certainly a great need for uh, reformed, confessional, uh, Presbyterian churches uh, here, uh, not just in Northern Ireland, but in the whole island itself. Um, you know, you look at, at the Republic of Ireland, and and you know there is pressure placed on on the north from that. You know, this is a. a, a a country that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, 80% of the population attended mass on a, a weekly basis. Mm. Um, you know, in 2015, they, they allowed gay marriage and a few months ago uh, made abortion on demand legal uh, in, in the country. And so that's putting enormous pressure uh, on Gordon and, and, and the North now as well. Um, but but the reason for that, or at least one of the main reasons, is is the the child abuse uh, scandals in the Roman Catholic Church, mm. and so not only do you have a, a society that is deeply divided here in the north, you also have forty three and a half percent of the population 
that are deeply distrusting, not just of their um, church, but of organized religion uh, as a whole. And so uh, it's kind of a one-two punch. Uh, and, you know, it's what the, the, the church is there for, is to, to bring a witness and, and to show people, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, here's, here's uh, how God pours his grace into your lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, worship uh, and preaching, uh, prayer and the word of God, you know, and the sacraments. Uh, it's, it's a long haul, but um, uh, we, we, we are hopeful. And then, you know, so, so uh, we want to see more churches uh, planted. We want to see uh, uh, a greater network of, of, of um, you know, kind of around the model that we're, we're trying to implement uh, here. But, uh, you know, we know it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, a lot of energy and resources, but... Uh, the Lord has provided to this point in time, and, and we're uh, hopeful that, that He will continue to provide uh, for this uh, vision here. Some of my church planting friends uh, around the world have uh, internship programs where they are mentoring, sort of you know, kind of like an apprentice program, where someone just out of seminary or someone in seminary, perhaps take a little time off, would come and and uh, and support the work. Would that be something that would be of, of help around here, do you think? Oh, very clearly. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, I, I think, you know, both with, um, you know, an outsider's eyes to, to, mm-hmm. to come in and, and to uh, help see, to, to both offer, you know, um, uh, suggestions along the way uh, and also... Um, yeah, just just mm. another you know kind of impartial voice there mm. to 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 help um, meet and mm. befriend people would, would be enormously helpful. So if you are listening to this podcast and you or perhaps someone that you know is interested in this work and curious about uh, working in an environment like this in this context, perhaps working with uh, Pastor Gretzinger. Uh, please get in touch with us at Christ Church. I'll put you in touch with uh, with Andrew, and uh, I'm sure that he would love to talk talk with you more about it. Gordon, this is your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your heart is is here. Uh, what what do you hope to see happen? Say in the next twenty years, what would you love to see happening here? Well, I think um, first of all, locally here in Cushendall, what I would like to see, as I've said already, is to have a, a congregation here uh, of local people um, that live, that work, uh, that worship. Um, in this local area, mm. uh, and to have to have that that church serving, and uh, I think wider um, uh, in in within Northern Ireland, um, reaching out uh, to uh, to everyone. Um, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, I think, is over five hundred and fifty uh, ministers. Yeah. Um, the vast majority of those, although we work across the whole of the island, the vast vast majority of those would be in in, in Northern Ireland. And uh, of those in, in Northern Ireland, I'd like to see them reach out into all areas, not just Protestants reaching out to nominal Protestants, but as believers reaching out to, to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I would, uh, I suppose, ask for as we seek to do that um, is that we would be faithful. Uh, ultimately, it's God who's going to, to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he will 
he knows what success is. He, mm-hmm. he knows what, what the right things to do uh, are. And we just need to be faithful in that. And uh, yeah. I would ask that your um, uh, listeners would, would pray for us in that and pray that we might be faithful um, uh, to him and, and so that we can see this, uh, this vision become a reality. Amen. Well, brothers, uh, it has been such a joy to be with you this week and uh, uh, to be, uh, Andrew, with your family as well and some of the... Uh, the younger uh, men that are coming along and serving that are such an encouragement and uh, what a joy it is uh, to uh, talk with you here uh, on Between the Times. And again, if you'd like to know more about this work, please uh, get in touch with us at Christchurch Presbyterian. And for now, signing off from Cushendal, Northern Ireland, uh, this is uh, Pastor John Payne, and we hope you will join us next time on Between the Times. <laughs>